Hi, everybody. This is the Funeral Science Podcast, a podcast about funeral science. I'm Ben, and I will be your funeral scientist for today. Okay, funeral scientists, on today's episode, we are going to start a discussion of decomposition that will take place over non-consecutive episodes. When one thinks of decomposition, they probably envision the colorfully discolored and partially skeletonized zombies featured in television programs such as The Walking Dead. While these can certainly be features of a decomposing person, they are the large-scale manifestation of changes taking place in a universe the average person probably doesn't know exists. It's actually billions of small chemical reactions that create this appearance that Hollywood would embellish for our entertainment. So where do we start? It begins with two types of opposite reactions. The first type is what we call a synthesis reaction. In a synthesis reaction, two or more elements, or chemical compounds, are combined to make a bigger compound. To imagine it, think of Lego blocks being connected together to create a tower. When the synthesis reaction occurs, energy is released in the form of heat and the larger compound is created. This release of heat is known as an exothermic reaction. Exo comes from the Greek term out of, and thermic means heat. So an exothermic reaction is out of heat. An example of an exothermic process you may know in your regular life would be liquid water to ice. In order to make this change, the heat must leave the water. However, this is not a synthesis reaction as nothing new is created. It is simply water in a different form. However, we aren't here to talk about building. We are here to talk about destruction. A decomposition reaction occurs when one large compound is broken into smaller pieces with the input of energy such as heat. Think about your newly constructed Lego tower, and a small child walks by and smashes it. The child represents the energy necessary to initiate the decomposition reaction, and you are stuck with small pieces on your floor that you must avoid stepping on. This reaction is known as an endothermic reaction. Endo comes from the Greek and can be interpreted as absorbing, and thermic, of course, still means heat, so an endothermic reaction is the absorption of heat. An example of an endothermic process you may know in your regular life is the change from ice to liquid water. In order to make this change, heat must be added. However, this is not a decomposition reaction because nothing new is created, simply water in a different form. Now, our Lego analogy falls short. The Lego pieces that have stuck to the bottom of your foot will remain those pieces forever. The bricks with eight pegs will stay eight, and the ones with four pegs will stay four. In decomposition reactions, as long as there is an available energy source, 
the compounds will continue to break down into their smallest possible configurations. This is what we are seeing on the large scale when we see the changes in a deceased organism. We are just scratching the surface of the changes that begin at the moment of death, so stay tuned. There are several contributing factors to the decomposition of an organism, but for now we should understand that decomposition is the reduction of large things into small things. Now for this episode's listener question, what is the most difficult restoration? For those of you who are not funeral service professionals, the question refers to a process we call restorative art. In this case, the question refers to the repair of traumatic bone and soft tissue damage. The short answer is, whatever one you are currently working on. The long answer is, while I assume that the listener who asked this question was looking for a discussion on traumatic tissue damage reconstruction, I am going to take this in a different direction. While those restorations are always difficult and take skill and time, it is hard for me to classify which one is the most difficult. I personally consider all embalmings as restorations, as that is one of the functions of embalming. To me, the most difficult ones are the ones that the embalmer feels a personal connection to. To some people, it could be a child. To others, a person who overdosed or died by suicide. For me, it was people my own age, and one case in particular. The woman, who had died from cancer, was about a year older than me, and her husband was a year younger. He was not the only person she left behind. They also had a four-year-old son. The husband shared a story with me about how the hospice people had chided the woman to get back into bed because she needed to rest instead of playing on the floor with her son. The dying woman had simply responded, what do I need rest for? There will be plenty of that soon. This whole scene just felt too close to my heart for comfort. I had my opportunity to help though. I was in charge of the arrangements and the preparation of the woman. An unusual outcome of this particular embalming was that the husband did not want to see her and neither did her parents. There was nothing difficult about the embalming itself or necessary restorative work outside of some grooming and light cosmetics. They simply felt that they had been with her in the end and seen her in the way they wanted to remember her then. It was their request and I honored it. Otherwise, I did my best to make sure that funeral went off without a hitch. I often wonder how that dad and his son are doing now. And now for something good that's happening. Warsham College of Mortuary Science has announced their 501c3 called the Warsham Online Research, Learning, and Development, or WORLD, World has the goal of moving funeral service forward with research content by experts in the field, classes offered to funeral service professionals remotely, and developments in funeral service. 
I will keep you updated on how to follow, participate, and donate to World. In the beginning of this episode, I placed an obnoxious ad that generates revenue from listeners. I will be donating this revenue to World. That means simply by listening to the Funeral Science Podcast and sharing it with a friend, you can donate as well. Together, we can make sure I will soon write a check to World for at least $5. Okay, that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, Do you have a question for me to answer? Send your questions to ben at morktracker.com. That's B-E-N at M-O-R-T-R-A-Q-R.com with the subject line podcast question. Are you or someone you know doing something that promotes education, equality, or otherwise raises awareness about an issue in funeral service? Please send me information about it to ben at morttracker.com. That's B-E-N at M-O-R-T-R-A-Q-R.com with the subject line, A Good Thing is Happening. And that ends with an exclamation mark, so be sure to include that, otherwise I'm not going to read it. Um, Finally, you can follow me at Mortracker, that's M-O-R-T-R-A-Q-R on Instagram for more information on funeral science. So that's it, everybody. I'll see you later.